Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adio A. Jr. Joining me is Little Croy Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the man with the silver chain, Tim Ma-Buggin' Gettys. I'm really excited for today, Bless. Oh. Because tonight, I'm going to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. Not Quantumania. Just Ant Man and the Wasp. Because tomorrow we're doing in review mm-hmm. rewatch for it. And you're excited. About I haven't it. seen that movie since I saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. and then a couple months later I saw the second half of it on the back of a plane seat. Okay. On a flight. Okay. I have not seen it since then. And you are excited about this I, rewatch. I am excited for the rewatch because I feel like every time we do a rewatch, I appreciate the movie more than I did the first time. Interesting. How much did you appreciate it the first time? I thought it was good enough. I thought it was funny, okay. but I thought that like we didn't like it mainly because it was in between Infinity War and Endgame, and we were like, we want to get to the damn story. I don't want this literally side story, small I side think, story. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp might have been the first Marvel movie I went to go see with y'all. Wow. wow. Which, like, Memories. doesn't sound... It might have been before I still like worked at Kind of Funny, but I like distinctly remember actually seeing that with y'all. Because I remember us all like reacting to the uh, post credit scene to that. Being yeah. like, damn, that's crazy. That, was, that shit was crazy. But I'm, I'm excited to watch it. But your reaction is as if this is the worst movie in no, the history the, of time. No, it's not the worst movie in the history of time. I, it's just not high on my Marvel list of movies. Which, mm-hmm. like, when you're talking about Marvel movies, right, I think you're talking about a list that's pretty competitive when you bring in a Ant-Man into the mix, right? Like, is that going to compete with Iron Man? Is that going to compete with Spider-Man? Is that going to compete with Avengers? All these other, all these other things. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. My memory of it, because I watched it, the last time I watched it was in theaters, and I came away from it being like, oh, that was fine. It was, maybe it was funnier than the first movie, but that was about it, right? Like, I didn't really care for the villains. I, I don't even think I could tell you what the storyline was, aside from ghosts as being a ghost, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne is, is in it. What does Lawrence Fishburne do? I couldn't tell big. you. Does he get big? Well, he used to get big. Oh. Oh. <laughs> there's pills that can help him. Though. Yeah, there's pills that can help him. <laughs> That's but really no, good, I'm, I'm excited, though, because I feel like it's it's one of the movies that we all kind of just wrote off because of its its context and placement of release. Uh-huh. Um, but, again, we did Ant-Man 1 last week, and it's like, I'm with you that, yeah, Ant-Man as a series is lower on the, the tier the list for all of us. Yeah. But it's like, it's if that's low, it's really damn good. Ant-Man 1 was a blast to rewatch. So okay. I'm excited for this one. But you'll have to stay tuned. Patreon.com slash kind of funny tomorrow or for everyone else on Monday. There you go. Let me tell you, I'm very excited about Ant Man 3. Yeah. I think that's going to be a banger. Yeah. I think that one's going to be one for the books, right? When you're talking about Jonathan Majors coming in as, as Kang and doing the Kang thing. Like, doing the I, Kang I thing. cannot wait for Jonathan Majors to do the Kang thing. I was, that's like one of my like top most anticipated movies for the year. Yeah, I'd probably put it up there. Probably my most anticipated Marvel movie for the year. Because there's not really that much. What else is happening for Marvel aside from Ant Man Quantumania? Guardians 3. All right. We have the Marvels. Marvel seems cool. But like, I don't I know if that's going to touch Ant-Man for me. 
this next game, man, I'm very excited for. I forgot. I for, I keep forgetting your distaste for Guardians Two, blessing, and it upsets me. Oh, yeah, I have such Greatly. a distaste for Guardians Two. I really loved Guardians One. But it wasn't until the second watch of Guardians 1 where I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Well, have you done a second watch of Guardians 2? I don't think I have. I don't think I have. And we got That's him, a fair point. You got me. We you got, got him. <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to shout out before I get into the rigmarole. Shout out Nick Offerman. Because Nick Offerman did, a, did an interview this morning, or last night, I don't know when, where he talked about uh, his last gaming experience. Talking about how he doesn't really play video games anymore. Because the last time he played a video game, he got so addicted that he had to, he had to retire from the medium. That video game, Tim, mm. Banjo Kazooie. Good. I saw that clip. That clip is making the rounds right now. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that warmed my heart. Oh, it's, rare, rare, your rare little thing. heart. Yeah. My rare little heart. I love it. Gotta that. love it. Good for him. Good for Banjo. Good for the bird. And you know what, Tim? Good for news today because let me tell you, news is popping off. So let's talk about today's stories, which include a rumored Nintendo Direct, a canceled Titanfall game, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad-ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free, plus a bevy of bonus content. BBC. Housekeeping for you. The streamer awards are back, and we need your help. Kind of Funny killed it this past year, so we'd love to get some of, some of that sweet recognition. If you go to thestreamerawards.com, again, that is thestreamerawards.com, you can nominate us. Uh, it's free and it's easy. We're asking you to nominate Kind of Funny Games for Just Chatting, Andy Cortez for Souls-like Streamer, Kind of Funny Games Spare Bedroom Launch for Streamed Event, Andy Cortez for Variety, Kind of Funny Games for Content Organization. Uh, it'll take you one minute, and it'll mean the world to us. Again, go to thestreamerawards.com. Content organization at first blush sounds like some Marie Kondo shit. Like, that's really, <laughs> really funny. Yeah, content organization. <laughs> I got to arrange the content in my, in my house. Does this content spark joy? <laughs> you got to spark joy. I mean, kind of funny does spark joy, right? Most of the time. Sometimes. I hope. When we that's give good goal. reviews to the games you like, <laughs> we yeah. spark joy. So, yeah, definitely go support. That's really cool. The streamer awards. I, I do get a little scared of when the is in front of something. It gives me, like... Flashbacks to the shit list when we cover the uh, gamer. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the streamer award. Let me tell you, we're recording the shit list after this, actually, yes, for Patreon. Are. I got a banger for you, Tim. I got a banger for you. But you can only get that patreon.com slash kind of funny. Speaking of kind of funny games, our Hi Fi Rush reveal is up right now as a kind of funny X cast. That's, of course, up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. I make a guest appearance on that episode and I have a lot things to say about hi-fi rush it is me it is mike it is paris go check out that episode it's a really fun one they also talk about age of empires and they review the new age of empires games uh how do they feel about it i have no idea i, I pieced out by that point i don't care about age of empires so mike does and so go check out their review of it and a really good in uh conversation about the future of halo and the state of halo there you go very good episode i'll say like i it see it seems like this x cast has a future in it mm-hmm. you know oh yeah you know that's no bike mike 25 episodes in it's got a future i think i i think they're starting to ramp up that x cast <laughs> i think they're starting to make a bright future for themselves uh thank you to our patreon producer delaney twining today we're brought to you by grammarly but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Oprah report it's time for some news we have seven stories today 
a baker's dozen. And a surprisingly large percentage of these stories are brought to you by Jeff Grubb. Hard Let's duck. start with story number one. A new Nintendo Direct could drop next week, it is claimed. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games oh, Chronicle. I mean, yes. Oh. You, just don't, you just don't want to go through this again. We go through this all. Oh, my God. This is Ghost of Jeff. Is that real Jeff or is that just a JPEG? Because I can never tell anymore. <laughs> a new Nintendo Direct showcase could be held next week. It's been claimed. Asked about speculation that a Nintendo Direct presentation could take place this month. Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb said he'd heard that a showcase is planned for the week beginning on February 6th. Quote, everything I'm hearing, and it's all just sort of reiterating it, it continues to be the week of February 6th, he said. Over and over and over again, every little detail I get is, basically, a week from now, we should be hearing about all this stuff. He added, quote, I think it's probably late in the week. So if February 6th is going to come around and we're not going to hear about it and people are going to freak out like there's nothing happening, first of all, I'm not guaranteeing it for that week. I'm just saying that that's what everything is sort of pointing to right now. I don't think that's too surprising because they always have one in February or March at the latest. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen pretty soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if all these indicators are exactly right, especially with all that stuff shaking loose with Advanced Wars 1 plus 2, end quote. Last week, the Nintendo eShop page for Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp was updated, potentially indicating that a new release date for the long-delayed game could be announced soon. Uh, and Grub speculated that the game could be featured in the next Direct Tim, funny enough, this comes off a conversation that we had recently about... On the Gamescast. On the Gamescast. Yeah, we had a great Gamescast this week. You guys check out now. It's live for everybody. And we we covered uh, the future of E3 and Summer Game Fest and game showcases in general and kind of what we predict that this summer might shake out to look like. Really good episode. I highly recommend everyone check it out. Yep. And on that episode, we talk a little bit about Nintendo. Where, where are they going to showcase the next thing? When is their next Direct? And... We sort of talked about how usually when uh, the way in which Nintendo Direct shakes out is there's usually one early in the year. Uh, you're a lot, I think most of the time you're talking about February, but sometimes they'll do them in January. Sometimes they'll do one, do, do one in March. But it seems like we're usually getting one ar- around this time. With that, with uh, what Jeff Grubb's talking about here, what general rumors happening, where do you sit on when this next Nintendo Direct is going to happen? My thing is I believe in Grubb. Like, I saw some people in the chat saying that Grubb makes things up. Grubb does not make things up. Grubb reports what he has heard. What he has heard might change. What he has heard might not be true. But he's just talking about what he's heard from people, and he only talks about it when he thinks it's from a reputable source, right? We know him. We know that to be true. We know that that's the case. And I know that he said a lot of things that ended up haven't happened. happened. But with Nintendo, we know that the kings of the WNDs, the weird Nintendo decisions, I guarantee that some form of Metroid Prime re-release, some form of Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess are going to come to the Switch. They're going to. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of when, right? Uh, so that time could be now. <laughs> like We also have Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2. So we, we know that that game is going to come out. I even predicted on that episode that I think that we'll get it before March. Um, mm-hmm. So if that's the case, like yeah, having a direct around here makes sense for that. The idea of predicting a Nintendo Direct based on what has happened before, I think, is a fool's errand at this point. Like, there is absolutely no pattern. There used to be a pattern, but now, even with what you just said of, like, oh, yeah, they normally do in January, February, or March. That's a fourth of the year. (laughs) Like, (laughs) cool. They usually do one. But, yes, they do usually. (laughs) Every every year, you're getting at least a Direct. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, that is the one, quote-unquote, pattern we do have is that every year we get usually two nintendo direct branded things but even then i would say that as of late they aren't bringing there hasn't been many like nintendo direct level like oh shit this is what nintendo directs can be 
bring the hype yeah. type direction. Like I, I think back to when we got the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate reveal, and it is, oh, is this Splatoon? Oh, didn't we just get a Splatoon thing? And then it is the reveal, of the Smash logo, and the Inkling's eye, and like having moments like that where it's like, oh, that direct was fucking awesome. Yeah. The last direct wasn't that right. No. The last direct we're all like, what's all these farm games and Pilot Wing sixty four? Like, what's going on here? And that, it's weird. Like that, that is like it's unfortunate, and this is a struggle that I think every single publisher out there doing their own showcase has had to deal with, which is the 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 marketing and production matching up for what the product is and we've seen Nintendo who originated this concept honestly when it came to doing the digital showcases having to have so much branding of there's Nintendo uh indie worlds there's Nindies mm-hmm. there's the, the Nintendo Direct there's Nintendo Direct mini partner showcase Nintendo Direct partner showcase like all the different sub brands I still feel like they don't have them all perfectly dialed in yet like they're still trying to figure out what equals what um but the fact is we're overdue for a nintendo direct like a straight up full-on bring the hype nintendo direct is that going to be february 6th i don't know but it could be and with the week what, of february 6th. the week of it and what yeah. with grub saying too of like hey we're not going to hear about it and then it, it's going to happen like that is in line with what nintendo has been doing honestly since the pandemic started like since um uh animal crossing came out Every direct or every announcement Nintendo's made has been different than they did in a pre-pandemic world. And a, a lot of that meant before we would know days in advance or at least 24 hours, normally 48 hours, Nintendo Direct is coming, then all of the predictions would start and we'd get there. Now it's different. Now we're in this era of everybody every couple months just being like, a Nintendo Direct is coming. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be this time. And we're all just kind of like, all right, all right. Like, we're, on, we're here for the ride. And I'm with you that... I do believe in the grub, right? I think a lot of times the grub has something informative to say. I think he has his ear to the uh, his ear to the floor, right? He uh, he hears everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else I put in that category? No. Somebody who's an insider, Mm-mm. somebody who knows things, Ooh. somebody who has the inside scoop, somebody who's maybe one of the top video games journalists in the industry. Imran Khan. Imran Khan, welcome to the stage. Come over, come over here. Imran Khan has invaded KFP. Hello, sirs. Imran, how's it going? It's going well. That's a really nice coat you got on. Thank you. I bought this in Japantown weeks before I just went to Japan and found these coats much cheaper. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> also, what's that shirt? Is that Dr. Wiley? Is that that's a Dr. Wiley shirt. Oh, my God. That's fresh. That's fresh. Yeah. Welcome to the studio. I forget if you've actually... No, you've been here because you were been here, here during yeah. the launch. Yes. What are you doing here? <laughs> so I have a, a quick thing. <laughs> I, I asked Bless if I could like take 20 seconds to just like make it a quick announcement. Uh, as you know, I'm having Greg Miller officiate the wedding for Reb and I. That the reason for that is that we want most of our favorite people to be part of that wedding. So I wanted to ask both of you, would you guys be a part of my wedding party? Oh my god. Oh shit. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> of course, <laughs> man. Me? Holy cow. Dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, dude. That is so cool. Thank you both. Oh my god. It's gonna be like you guys, Yusuf and Melinda are on my side. Oh like, hell it, yeah. It's hell like I got one more person to ask, and I'm gonna ask him today and then we're going to actually get started wedding planning. Let's go. That person, Phil Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Bowser. <laughs> Doug Bowser. I mean, what's he doing? What's he All doing? Right. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys' show too much, but yeah, just happy to ask you. Hell yeah, man. I love you so much. Thank you for that. I can't wait for it. And also, Imran, I do want you to know that a uh, tweet you did earlier is going to be brought up later in this show. Just you bringing up the, I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yeah. But it's about the PlayStation. You know what I mean? Oh, excites me. Excites me. Yeah. But anyway, love you, dude. Have a good day. Hey, man. That's, That's awesome. pretty cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, a rare Imran Khan appearance. I miss him, man. I miss him. We need to like somehow hire him again <laughs> to be on this show. Um, but yeah, where were we at in the conversation? That totally derailed me. I can, I, Nintendo I, Direct, Jeff Grubb. 
Jeff Gro oh yeah, yeah, Jeff Grubb is a man who I trust a lot, right? Yeah. When it comes to these things. And yeah, like a lot of the times when it is he says something and that thing doesn't happen or it shifts or whatever, right? That is exactly what you describe, where it is, hey, plans change. He heard it on one day, and guess what? Like companies move uh, company decisions move and shift and things can happen, right? Or maybe he he heard from a person that heard from another person, right? Inside game of telephone. I think there could be some credit uh, some credence to this thing happening next week there have been rumors outside of the jeff jeff grubb talking about it and i haven't been putting it on this show because it is that thing of nintendo direct rumors are happening all the time which ones can you trust which ones can you not trust i think it, for me it coming out the mouth of jeff grubb and now me even reading it from video games chronicle enough people are talking about it to where i'm like all right this is at least worthy to look at yeah. my question and this is i think a tangible thing that we can talk about regardless of whether this is happening or not is if this does happen if we wake up tuesday February 7th, mm -hmm. and Nintendo has a tweet that says a Nintendo Direct is happening on Thursday, February 9th in the morning. Probably too early for us, um, but we're still going to wake up and do it because that's how we do it. What do you want to see there? Uh, I, this is the lamest answer ever, but Nintendo games, that's mm -hmm. what I want to see. <laughs> and, and I feel like at this point, that's a Fair. big thing to ask sometimes. Like last time, it just being a bunch of freaking farm games and stuff. And hey, people love farm games, but like call it Here's your farm games, you farm fucks. You know what I mean? Call that the direct. Okay? When you farm call something a Nintendo farm direct, direct, I want to know that I'm getting Nintendo games directly injected into my fucking eyes. Mm, mm. All right? And real talk, it's like everything I just mentioned, all the ports and stuff. Like, I am excited. I'm really, really, I'm itching to replay Metroid Prime. Bless. Mm -hmm. Replaying Dead Space in the last couple of weeks has reminded me how much I want Metroid Prime. How much I want to play that game again. Mm. I haven't played it in, in way too long. Way too fucking long. Have you played Metroid Prime? Yes, but I've not played enough of it. I can't wait for you to play through Metroid Prime. Yeah. Hopefully a, the best version of it we've had yet. And I think that we will be doing that. In addition to that, there's just so many unknown quantities. How many times do I need to bring up the fact that we don't know what the main EAD Mario team is working on? We have no clue. We don't know what the Mario Kart team is working on. Two of my favorite teams. And I don't know what they're working on. But I want to find out. So, Tears of the Kingdom as well. Just like, just like, not maybe not like a full full breakdown because I, I feel like the the longer you get into Tears of the Kingdom, the less likely see, we get to see other things. What I want is the equivalent but, to that story trailer we got at the Nintendo yes, Switch reveal, yes. where it was that emotional like you know Zelda's crying into Link's lap or whatever. I want that version for Tears of the Kingdom. That trailer I rewatch at least once a month. The last minute of it. It's just so it's incredibly hype. Like, when, when, it's uh, more hype than the story of the like, game, honestly. Tell me where you were a hundred years ago. And then the fucking camera zooms out and we see how big the map is and the fucking music hits. And we're just like, holy crap, this is going to be the greatest game of all time. Yep. And then and two months was. later, it fucking was. <laughs> it was. So looking at the last the last uh, soul, just general Nintendo Direct that we got back in September, September th uh, 13th, 2022. In terms of the big Nintendo announcements, we got Breath of the Wild uh, 2 officially being titled Tears of the kingdom uh we also got uh fire emblem engage more info on that we got pikmin 4 finally launching in 2023 but hold on, the fire emblem engage and you're wrong me if i'm wrong about this that was the reveal of that game oh yeah that was the announcement yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that, that is a, that is that's a big, big deal it's just I, 
that, that, that is a big deal. It's a core yeah, yeah, Fire Emblem title. So, yeah, you got uh, Fire Emblem a game being announced there. Uh, Pikmin 4 uh, finally being <laughs> being announced officially and finally launching in 2023. And then Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe being announced. And also Octopath Traveler 2 uh, coming to the Switch. And then you got a bunch of other stuff, right? So they talk about It Takes Two being ported, Fatal Frame, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 expansion, uh, Cosmic Shakes, SpongeBob, Fitness Boxing First of the uh, – or Fist of the North Star. Uh, hell, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Oddballers from Ubisoft, which I could not – Call for a second. Tunic, Front Mission, uh, Harvest Moon, Splatoon 3, Fay Farm, Theatrhythm, uh, Final Bar Line, Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, Rune Factory 3, a bunch of N64 games coming to N64 Online, um, Various Daylife, Factorio, um, IB, <laughs> Mario Strikers, uh, an update that's come, that comes to that. Uh, and then, yeah, like some more Mario Kart stuff and then just a bunch of random shit, right? See if we come to Switch and it looking terrible. With that, right? Like, if we if we look at those big Nintendo announcements, I know like that direct as an, as a whole was a bit of a all right, this whatever. But when you look at those big Nintendo uh, announcements, I feel like that's usually the tier that we're working with in terms of what you can kind of expect, right? Because again, you're talking about big info on um, Breath of the Wild two. You're talking about mm -hmm. a, a Fire Emblem game. You're talking about Pikmin. You're talking about a Kirby game, right? Dude, no, there's a lot there. There's, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. But that also now was half a year ago. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Right, so we need to get more info on on uh, Nintendo games, and we need them soon because it's it's interesting where Advance Wars one and two, like obviously was supposed to come out last year, it didn't. So now they do have that ready. Yeah, I so that's not going to be a big. That's going to be like a deep, like an additional detail we get in that direct. Oh, exactly, and it's exactly. out now. But I don't even at this point. I'm just talking about what Nintendo has to offer. Yeah, period in 2023, right? Because we we know we have Advance Wars, we know we have Tears of the Kingdom. That's huge. So it's like that does speak for itself. But there's still, there's many other months in the year, mm -hmm. right? And even on a bad year for Nintendo, they still release, like, there is still a Nintendo-published game probably once a month. And sometimes it's smaller things, but, like, they're popping off, right? I think it's been a while since we've even had one of those 2019 years where we get the Link's Awakening and the Luigi's Mansion 3, like, that tier of Nintendo game that are, like, beloved and super exciting, but they're not the biggest, biggest, biggest AAA new 3D Mario, new 3D Zelda type stuff, but... We are now due, for the first time in a long time, we're due the top-tier stuff and the second-tier stuff at the same time. Hmm. Will they pull that off or not? I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm not expecting much, unfortunately. No? I'm expecting... I, I'm not going to say this is going to be a fantastic direct or a terrible direct. I expect that we will get the Nintendo games, right? I think there will be maybe a... This is and this is going to be a prediction you make about any direct. It'll be true. I think we'll get a couple of new announcements for Nintendo games. I think we'll get updates on the big Nintendo games happening, being Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom and Pikmin. Um, and then from there, we'll see. I would love to be surprised and see Metroid Prime Four. I think that's my big thing. I think having that there would be awesome. And also, I'm still not going to give up hope for the uh, Zelda remasters and also the um, Metroid Prime remasters. Right? I think those exist. It's just Nintendo sitting on them, waiting for the right time to actually bust those out. Um, whether that's this direct or a future direct or a direct that happens three years from now, who the fuck knows? Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. I hope. I don't expect. I. I. My gut tells me the Tears of the Kingdom is is Nintendo's bet. For the first half of this year. Yeah. Fair enough. Story number two. EA cancels a secret Apex Legends slash Titanfall game in development. This is Jason Trier at Bloomberg. EA canceled a game based on the Apex Legends and Titanfall franchises, according to three people familiar with the matter. The game, which hadn't been publicly announced, was in production at EA developer Respawn. On Tuesday, EA gave a disappointing outlook for revenue in the current quarter. 
The company said it was canceling the Apex Legends mobile game as well as a mobile version of Battlefield and Shuttered Industrial Toys, the studio behind it. EA has also delayed the highly anticipated Star Wars Should I Survivor, another title in development at Respawn. Management informed the unnamed games team of about 50 people that EA will try to find positions for them within the company. Anyone who can't be placed will be given severance packages and laid off. According to the people familiar with the matter, who, was, who asked to speak anonymously uh, because they were not authorized to speak to the press, an EA spokesperson declined to comment. The canceled project, codenamed TFL or Titanfall Legends, was a single-player game set in the universe shared by the Apex Legends and Titanfall games. It was directed by veteran designer Mohamed Alavi uh, until he left the company in early 2022. Although the game hadn't been advertised, EA had hinted at it several times. Tim? This breaks my heart. <laughs> you take this the hurts. Titanfall, you take the Apex Legends, you get the Titanfall. Titanfall Legends. And then they take it away from it's you. It's wild because I this has been what I've expected for a while. I've been talking about like, yo, it make it just makes too much sense to put out a single player game that is taking the brand awareness of Apex Legends, right? The reason why you saw the EA slash respawn shift from Titanfall to uh, Apex Legends was the fact that hey, Titanfall had two shots and missed both times partly because ea fucked up the release of titanfall 2 but you know i think they look at that they look at hey let's try and do something else in that universe let's try apex legends and make it a battle royale and apex legends being extremely popular and extremely successful i think that only leads to the idea of all right cool now let's make a single player campaign with the apex legends name on it so that we can have the best of both worlds so that we can give people the titanfall slash apex single player game that they want and also we can have that ip be bolstered and use the popularity of apex legends to sell a single player campaign that's a match made in heaven right that is a solid business strategy and to see them uh after uh their financial uh, uh report uh, earlier in the week right talk about how yeah they're shutting down the the apex legends mobile game and also shutting down the battlefield mobile game and delaying jedi and doing all these things this getting cut with all that hurts i feel like it's a bad move i assume they make this move based on like hey man Ape- i don't know hey why man. michael sarah keeps making it <laughs> <laughs> like it's in, it, we're, we're fucked now bless this Every is forever now is, there he is well he's back all oh, the ghost of michael sarah is back um but i think it is them going looking at apex legends and going well we know that this works. We know the amount of money we're, we're making on this. Do we want to take a risk by making a single-player game, uh, especially when we do already have projects like Jedi and like other single-player projects in the works at EA? I can see how they get to this, but I still think it's a bad move. I think the world deserves an Apex Legends slash Titanfall single-player game. Just bring my boy BT back. I miss <laughs> bring, Oh, man, BT. Remember the Titan? Bear, you played through the Titanfall 2 campaign. Yeah, it's been a while. It's probably been since 2017. It's been too long. It's been too long. Tim, did you yeah. play through oh, the campaign? Oh, God, yes. It's so freaking good. And yeah, this is sad. Like th- the problem with where we're at right now, talking about the story is like, is it a bad move or is it a sad move? Is it a little bit of this, that, whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, I am not convinced that putting out Timefall Legends that that game, even no matter how good it is, would succeed enough financially for them to be like, oh yeah, this was worth the investment. I get this move from how they're talking about it. That sucks. It's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to play this game. I want to play this game very badly. I just, with the state of the industry now, this does not surprise me whatsoever. And it being combined with the um, cancellation of the Apex Legends mobile, that's the thing that surprises me more. Mm. Because we've seen Call of Duty mobile find major success in the mobile space. Um, so for them to to be pulling back on that, that says to me, like, oh, they didn't figure out how to make the money there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, cool, we've now seen a, an EA, be, mainly due to Respawn, find success with the Battle Royale 
um, model and also find success in a time where single player games, unless you're Sony, don't got the stuff put out Star Wars and have the stuff. And now all eyes are on Survivor and we expect it to have the stuff, especially with the delay. We're like, cool, take your time. We get it. We know what's going on here. We expect this game. Like the expectation is that Jedi um, Survivor is going to be going to sell well. And it's also going to be at minimum an eight out of 10. I would say we're hoping and we're not crazy to think it's going to be a nine out of 10. Mm-hmm. Am I right there? No, you're right. Yeah, I'll put it in there too. Like I think that that is that's very telling and important. Whereas Titanfall Legends, we don't even, the game doesn't exist in our minds really. So it's yeah. like well, let's just say a Titanfall three with a little bit more Apex Legends. Yeah. Uh, branding Titanfall three, but I think yeah, the branding would be it would be titled Apex something, whatever it is. Yeah, I I can see that reviewing really well, but I still don't see it selling that well. I see it selling better than Titanfall. Ah. Uh, it's tough because it depends on what it is. You know, I think Titanfall, the, those games were bolstered a little bit by having, um, or at least Titanfall 2, had both the single-player campaign and a multiplayer uh, mode to go with it, right? And so I think both of those being quality helps its sales, whereas if it was just a campaign, I, I'm, I'm sure for EA, they're like, oh, that's a little bit harder to sell. And for what a- Titanfall Legends is, it seems like that would just be a campaign, which is interesting, and I would think that that would depend yeah, on how you package it. The dream it would for be, me! It would be the dream, and even if it is, like, put it out for $30 because... It is just a campaign, and I expect that to be, what, eight hours, nine hours, so put it out at maybe a cheaper price. But EA, of course, probably does not want to do that. And to that, I get. Like, to that, on some level, I'm like, you know what? I understand that. But, man, like, I think you're missing it. I I, I think you're missing out on something here. Like, I, I would at least love the, the chance for them to try it out just to see if it sticks. Because I'm sure, at the very least, the game would be excellent because you're talking about Respawn, who's put out excellence. You're talking about... Timefall 2, which the problem with that game was not the content. It was not the um, the gameplay of the, that game, right? It was just the fact that you positioned it against Battlefield and Call of Duty, <laughs> the two other big first-person shooter franchises um, in, in the space, right? Like, Timefall was never going to uh, su- succeed in terms of sales and numbers right there, right? What would happen if you put it, put it, this game out at a place where it didn't have to compete that strongly? Like, put this game out in May and see how that how that does for it yeah um you bring up an interesting point though about like uh different price points for if it was just a single player game and i think that that's interesting when you look at the success of different genres in video games over the last couple decades and how each generation kind of has standout things that you expect from it like dating all the way back to the nes you think 2d platformers you move on to the 16-bit generation a lot of rpgs Mm -hmm. jrpg specifically right so on and so forth whatever we get to where we're at now and shooters First-person shooters have kind of dominated for a very long time. They've evolved, they've changed, they've grown of what that means. It, before, I would say it was campaign, single-player shooters. Then it turned into, or like, GoldenEye type on the couch things, or hyper-competitive Counter-Strike, things like that on the PC side. Then it got kind of homogenized during the Call of Duty era where, cool, it's multiplayer. Like, that's what matters most. Call of Duty still had banger-ass single-player campaigns for so long, we're at an era now that even those, like, they're, they're just aren't enough. We see all the stats of how many people like, even complete the campaigns. Then Call of Duty, like, has it as a whole package. They also have Warzone. They have XYZ. I'm really bummed about the concept of a world where single-player, first-person shooter campaigns are budget titles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exciting from a value perspective, but what that means for what they're going to put into it from a budget perspective and, like, how what that game is capable of achieving... 
we've just gotten so triple A, quadruple A budget crazy when it comes to what we expect from a first person shooter campaign mm -hmm. because it's attached to these big machines of the multiplayer and making a shit ton of money there. The, the concept of getting just the single player thing and people paying even less money for it worries me because I, sure. I just don't see that working. Because think about it this way. What are the success stories of a single player shooter in the last five years? Doom? Doom and Wolfenstein 2. Yeah. Yeah. Xbox got some money there. They they got that's fair. Out. Yeah, that's and like, that's the thing, right? And I'm gonna bring in this question from, from Christian Buckley, aka Christian Get Buck Buckley. I I he doesn't. Have, it, I added that to his name. If I'm being honest, right? He's, he doesn't go by that. You go by that now, Christian. Christian and Get Buck Buckley writes in and says, <laughs> "Did EA cancel Titanfall Legends because they knew it would be too powerful and make their other FPS games look worse?" Genuinely though, I can't remember the last must-play FPS campaign in a AAA game other than Titanfall 2. Is the rare breakout success of service games enough to make the prospect of funding a great traditional campaign worthless to, uh, worthless to the execs calling the shots these days? I'll shout out Bungie for making a 10 out of 10 campaign with The Witch Queen and Lightfall will, pro will probably, be, probably be just as good. But those are just expansions. It's ironic this is the state of things when the original Titanfall followed this game's service structure with light story elements in its multiplayer suite. Curious to hear your thoughts, and as always, keep crushing it. And again, like talking about the success stories or the must-play FPS campaigns in the space, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong slash chat, let me know. I go directly, and you know, people are throwing out like, Call of Duty and stuff, right? And even Deathloop. I'm talking about like a traditional first-person shooter campaign single-player. I think it really is Doom and Wolfenstein and like, give me more examples, Chad. If you can think of any like big AAA ones like I mean, that. The answer is Call of Duty, though. Like, you can't take away the fact mm -hmm. that. But like, like, are people right, buying Call of Duty for the campaign? But the, I mean, people, whether they are or not, they do exist. They they exist at a really expensive level, a standard level. So I mean, putting something else out, you're comparing it to the, to that. I guess right. I guess what I'm talking about for single player campaign is the fact that. If Call of Duty didn't have multiplayer and came out as just a single-player game, I think that would be the worst selling Call of Duty in the last 15 years, right? Like I mean, we, yes. we, we got the vice versa thing. But, right? uh, but here's yeah. a question for you, though. What up? Would it, it would be the worst selling Call of Duty in 15 years, but would it sell better than Titanfall? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see where you're coming from. You know what I mean? it, like, sure, it would sell uh, less than the best-selling games every year, yeah. but I think it would still sell more than any other game. Like, that genre game and it would do it at seventy dollars. <laughs> yeah. I guess my oh, seventy dollars. I don't know. Well, it would still sell better than Titanfall, but I think Titanfall is a whole different thing, right? Titanfall is just as an IP name, not as strong as a Call of Duty. And even as like a I don't I wouldn't say as strong as a Doom or um uh, Wolfenstein. That said, right, we got the opposite where they put out a Call of Duty game. I think it was Black Ops four or Black Ops Cold War, counterfunny.com slash you're wrong if you tell me what it was four. Four that came out with just the multiplayer and no single player campaign. And if I recall correctly, that game did fine, right? Like, that game, like, stuck within the trend of Call of Duty. I, I know people are out there that care about the Call of Duty single-player campaign. I don't know if they're out there in numbers enough to, like, justify the idea that a single-player campaign for a, a shooter, right, if you're putting that out alone, is going to be a success to, to, for execs, right? Um, Doom and Wolfstein 2, this is another question I'll throw out at y'all, and Tim, you might know. Mm -hmm. How did those do number-wise? Like were those success I mean, Doom, stories? And Doom sales? was a success for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wolfenstein. I, I don't think Wolfenstein. I don't know Wolfenstein about, but was as much of a success as Doom. 
Because Bethesda is a weird, like, they have been, now that they're owned by Microsoft, it's a different thing, but Bethesda, historically, I feel like they've been in this weird place of being able to put out games that are very much Bethesda-ass games, and they've been able to operate, and I don't know if that is them just, hey, taking the risks and putting all their money into their games and not worrying as much about, like, how much revenue they get on the end, but between Doom, Wolfenstein, uh, Dishonored, all the arcane games, it's like... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Deathloop, we didn't talk about Deathloop, Deathloop. that's a good yeah. example. I've, I've had all these questions about how Bethesda has been able to operate, and maybe it is them being funded by Skyrim and Elder Scrolls and stuff. Um, I mean, that's not wild. That's yeah. how this industry works sometimes. That's why we get a, uh, a new Skyrim every six months on a new platform that you've never heard <laughs> I mean, of. honestly, yeah. Um, but all that said, right, it does look a bit dire for single-player campaign, single-player first-person shooter campaigns that are, like, you know, AAA full price. Bless, are you Unless saying you're single Bethesda. player games are dead again? Uh, no, not again. <laughs> We're back here. But no, but the, <laughs> the thing there though is I do think that it has to do with genre and with the trends of the industry and how you make money from different genres and shooters. Their value used to be campaigns, and their value then turned to multiplayer, and then it turned into games as a service. And that's the world we're in, where they need to find the value in a first-person shooter campaign from an exec level, from a critic level, and then from a just community level of people wanting to play the game and buy the next one. You know, And I feel like EA is looking at this, and they're like, we we don't have that figured out yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm happy that we're getting Jedi Survivor, because there's a chance we weren't, you know? For sure. That wasn't a for sure thing, but they found the success and they continued with it. All things considered, though, this is a fucking bummer. Of like, course. I, I think that Respawn, I want to see Respawn do everything. Like, I just trust them. They I make want, great fucking games. And like, uh, going back to the shooter, I just want to see more first-person shooter campaigns. And maybe the maybe the the um, solution is to explore the the price scale a, lo- a little bit. You know, I wouldn't mind playing a $30 first-person shooter campaign. Maybe that does mean that you don't get as big explosions and as big of a uh, production budget on it but i think it's something worth exploring you know i'm very curious to check out atomic heart because that's coming out soon and that looks yeah. bonkers mm-hmm. and maybe that hits and maybe it is something special and something that cool could be, that could be an example of what we're talking about looking for yeah, yeah. for sure i think there's a lot of stuff to ex- uh, explore there and i think this news especially bumps me out because even the idea of a 30 dollar apex titanfall single player campaign that is meant to just bolster the apex ip right this is, this is meant to funnel you back to apex legends a multiplayer game i think there could be something there but again ea knows the numbers better than i do because they're the ones that actually see the numbers but what can i say before we get in the story number three I want to tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and bolster our numbers. Uh, of course you can go there and get the show <laughs> ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors Shout out to Grammarly for sponsoring this episode. From essays to emails, Grammarly's communication assistants can help you write with confidence. Grammarly is a must-have for every student. Best of all, it's free to download and works on all your favorite devices and apps. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been using Grammarly for years, and Joey specifically is a huge fan. She says, and I quote, Grammarly is used with everything. Emails, tweets, even writing our weekly schedule. Sometimes my brain works faster than my fingers and it's nice to have a second set of eyes. The free versions of Grammarly offers comprehensive writing suggestions, a tone detector, and a synonym feature, all to help you proofread your work as you write. So you can be sure it's mistake-free and polished before submitting. Grammarly Premium comes with advanced features like clarity, full sentence rewrites, which flag and rephrase hard to read sentences. Premium even comes with plagiarism detection from 
essays and projects to emails and presentations. Improve your grades this semester with Grammarly. You can sign up for an account today at grammarly.com slash kind of funny and get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash kind of funny. Grammarly.com slash kind of funny. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And we're back, Tim. With story number three. Marvel's Wolverine could release as soon as late next year. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Insomniac's Wolverine game is reportedly targeting a mature rating and could release as soon as next year. That's according to Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb, who shared supposed details on the in-development project during a live stream on Thursday. Quote, hard R is what they're looking for. That's one of the concepts that I've heard, Grubb said. There's, there's got to be a better way to phrase that, Jeff. Uh, quote, I think an M-rated Wolverine could work. I think an M-rated superhero game could work. And this is probably the right character, end quote. He later added, quote, they will also avoid having any links uh, or anything that evokes the Fox movies. They want it to stand on its own. I was trying to nail down the setting and have heard it will start before he joins the X-Men, which also makes sense for a Wolverine game. Maybe the surprising thing for me is that I've heard two different dates. I've heard as early as fall 2024, which would be wild. Insomniac is putting out a Spider-Man 2 game this fall. I've also heard uh, internally the, that they're still very much talking about 2025. So let's not be surprised if that's what happens, end quote. The Wolverine game was announced during a PlayStation Showcase event in September 2021, as was Insomniac Spider-Man 2, at which point it claimed the title was in very early development. Tim, are we getting this late 2024? It will be 2024. You're crazy. Take it to the bank. Absolutely not. Shake on I'll it. Take it to the it's bank. happening. Pizza. It's yeah. happening. There's this, pizza. It'll it's be happening. my... my it's Insomniac, man. You're crazy. My prediction is that it's announced for 2024 and then it gets pushed to 2025 yeah that's a fair prediction yeah but has that happened to an insomniac game yet no i guess not and have we made that prediction about them before yes Yes, we we have have. yes we have and i'm gonna stick with it something about it i'm like this feels like late 2024 that sounds right to me like spider-man 2 this year it's like that spider-man 2 this year sounds less likely to me than wolverine late next year and i think we're getting spider-man 2 this year so i think we're getting wolverine you're a madman 
I'm excited about that. I think it's cool. I also think that these are the type of like rumors and targets and stuff that like who the fuck knows what's gonna happen in the next year, let alone two years yeah. to get to Wolverine. Uh, on the look, this Groundhog just popped up. Oh, Groundhog, Groundhog Day! Is, it, is today Groundhog? Today day? is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oh shit! Did, yeah. did he see a shadow? Um, yeah, I sent a video to to um ask, to random that you have to watch later. <laughs> okay, of them holding the little homie and like it is Aww. fantastic. Honestly, oh, Tim, you sent that. And I was like, I don't remember them going all out like growing up and stuff because it's a big like Midwest thing, they and I don't out. remember like a whole like. Soliloquy being uh, <laughs> fucking performed for Groundhog's Day. It was awesome. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, so I I can't wait, dude. Insomniac. Yeah. Here we have back to back respawn and insomniac stories. Sure, one's potentially positive and one's negative. But hey, <laughs> sure. We're talking about two of the goats out there right now, and I'm I'm very stoked on this. The idea of it being M rated is also very cool and that's exciting. Very, yeah, that's very <laughs> awesome. I think you you would want an M-rated Wolverine game. I want to see I want to see blood on those claws, Tim. Yes, I get it. I want to like fuck it like ugh, get in there like pull it out like guts and shit. Uh-huh. You know uh-huh. what I mean, Barry? <laughs> God. Barry man. knows what I mean. Yeah, man. Yeah. God, give me this game. <laughs> give me this game. Story number 4. Uh Gear 6 is reportedly the coalition's next game after two other titles were canceled. Uh this is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. The Coalition has reportedly shifted its full attention to the next entry in the Gears of War series after two other games' development at the studio were canceled. During his Game Mess morning show on Thursday, Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb claimed Xbox's Canadian studio was now full steam ahead on Gear 6. The Coalition said in May 2021 that it was preparing to transition to next-gen development using Unreal Engine 5, and shortly after, the LinkedIn profile of one of the studio's level designers claimed they had been working on a new IP. Grubb claimed the Coalition was at one point working on two now-canceled projects. In addition to carrying out support work on Halo Infinite and working with Epic on the Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, quote, they've canceled that smaller project as well as another project, so there have been two, ca- two games canceled there, he said. Quote, this is all reflected in the layoffs that happened at Microsoft, which did hit the Coalition a little bit. The studio is now going to move on fully to Gear 6. I say now, it has likely moved on to Gear 6 in full in full over the course of the last year, but definitely that will be their next game, end quote. Tim, you are a Gears person. How does this strike you? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a Gears person. I okay. loved Gears 5. That's, mm-hmm. That is true. Um, I, it strikes me as not surprising in the, the state of the industry. We keep talking about it, but every single day there's layoff stories, whether it's on the media side, the tech side, outside of tech side. Like We are just at that state of the world now and it's very unfortunate and it's going to have ramifications you add that to the consolidation and acquisitions that are going on uh in the games industry specifically on the microsoft side and there's just a lot of problems and there's going to be a lot of miscommunication a lot of missed handoffs of opportunities and projects and uh the way things are run and led and all of that and until we get to a, a, a calmer point of all this Things like this are going to keep happening, and we're going to keep hearing the rumblings of projects being canceled, things being worked on, and then uh, even though they feel like great ideas and things people want, like Titanfall Legends, end up not uh, making it all the way through. So it's not just new IP, old IP, all that stuff. It's just the state of the world right now where they are acquiring more and more teams, and then there's more and more layoffs needing to happen, and it's like I don't think that there is anybody in the world that is capable of organizing this in the way that it needs to be at the the clip and pace that 
would have to happen for this to be able to be business as usual. Yeah. Right. There are just teams, entire teams being cut. There are other teams where key members are being let go. There are other teams where people that aren't necessarily that uh, necessary and are redundant are being let go, but there's no rhyme or reason overall, because like we've seen in the last couple of days um, uh, with a lot of the, the layoff stories coming out, like some of it's just straight up requirements. Hey, every team needs to let go of at least one person, whether or not that team's doing great. Yeah. You know, so it's like because of all of that, I unfortunately think we're going to get a lot more of this. And I don't see an end, of, end to any of that in the next year or two, even. So you look at Xbox specifically, and it's really worrisome. It's really worrisome that they have as many teams under the belt as they do. And it seems like the base isn't right. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, for all the reasons you just said, right, I think this is a bummer. But also for the idea that Coalition was working on some other different projects that are now canceled, I understand why that, why that is, because if you lay those people off, who's working on those projects? Let's realign to something that we know is proven. You know, the audience loves Gears. Let's continue to make more Gears. That said, I think seeing um, Xbox Studios uh, have weird different smaller projects that they're putting out recently makes me want even more of those between pentiment and seeing pentiment get 10 out of 10 from ign and see like a uh, fan base really go hard for pentiment and now hi-fi rush and how much i love it you love it uh you know kind of funny just put up the x cast where we gave it uh, a very high score go check out kind of funny x cast uh five out of five we gave it a five out of five um but seeing how dope that game is right i would love to see even more xbox studios and more studios period right more AAA studios uh find the the people who people at their studio who want to work on these smaller passion projects right They're not even smaller right different passion projects i think that keeps the studio healthy i think that keeps the industry healthy and puts out more ideas out there that we can look at and go damn hi-fi rush is dope as hell how can we learn from this is there an art style here that we can that we can take inspiration from right is there characterization here that we can take inspiration from i think having those smaller projects out uh does a lot for that and the coalition is a very talented studio that i've not gotten to experience any of their games because i am not a gears person i've never played a gears game um and gears games just don't strike me as my kind of jam if coalition put out something weird and different that was like a oh no this is a cel-shaded rhythm action game i would check that out in the way that that happened for me in hi-fi rush right and that could be anything if coalition put out yeah. a fucking stealth game that took place in hell or some shit i mean bless me and you sat on at the, this, this table, table last week and said this exact thing about tango game we're talking about tango we're talking about hi-fi rush and both of us were like i it, I don't think that there's anything they can do to get us in. And we were wrong. Yep. You know what I mean? They did something that got us in, specifically yeah. us and in. And now, if Tango Gameworks, no matter what it is, once they announce a new game, I'm going to check that shit out. Exactly. It's like, all right, cool. Let's 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 see what this is. So I, I'm with you that, like, I do think that there's, we always talk about, and even on this show, we talk about the magic of um, Respawn and Insomniac, and we have, like, this new, like, golden age of, of new devs that we, we look at, and not even talking about the Naughty Dogs and stuff, but before we would talk about the Rockstays, we would talk about the, um, the retros, and, like, I just love that we're getting more teams that we talk about with that type of reverence mm -hmm. where we just expect their games to be great. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, but I also love that now we're getting the ability to see these games come out and be fantastic. And I think that Game Pass is a huge reason why we're able to see those things. There is a push towards, hey, we can have smaller experiences yeah. that are purely critically focused. Like, they're, we let's put out good shit. Good shit's going to speak louder than anything else. Um, so I, I, I'm with you that I think that it's great. It's sad that, those, that potentially those projects are being canceled here. But it's also really concerning that we are still, in 2023, 
on Games Daily having conversations of what's the future of Halo? Can they fix God. it? And Gear Six is coming. Gear Six is coming. <laughs> and guess what? There's supports us. <laughs> that is, again, that's why like say what you will about acquisitions and all stuff, right? But that's has been one of my favorite publishers. Like I've liked their library of games for a while, um, and they've ignited an excitement for me with Xbox that I've never had. Where you know usually it's for me it's been the rare games where I grew up a rare person. I bought an X- Xbox and I played so much rare replay. Like that is what I played. I never really peeked it that much into Halo until halo infinite gears doesn't really do much for me right like forza horizon does do do quite a bit for me but that was after i got an xbox and and, and found it with forza horizon 3 um again seeing pentiment playing hi-fi rush i'm putting in more hours in my xbox now mm-hmm. right like i am now getting more and more into the ecosystem and i think xbox game pass is a big factor in that and in, in the way in which they can now look at the developers and go hey make what you want like we don't need we don't necessarily need a uncharted or a like a no they do list. they do i mean i think they could use that right i think they need it but like i don't i don't think that's the sole strategy right like i think you can, you can hit on both fronts where it is hey let's have the big dogs like it'd be great if halo infinite was was like a fucking fantastic game still and like had the content and all that stuff but like let's try and aim for the big dogs but at the same time we can have our pentiments we can have our hi-fi rushes and that still contributes to the business strategy of game pass because it is about having consistent output and having a reason why people can come in and experience the um the service depend like re- um, regardless of the kind of game it is what's the future of xbox though we shall see <laughs> we, we, shall, <laughs> we see. shall see hey man One the dominoes day. they're gonna fall they're gonna fall they're gonna topple they are maybe it's perfect dark maybe it's fable i can be perfect dark <laughs> yeah. i want to be perfect dark it fucking better be perfect dark man perfect Let's go to the next. Well, this next news story, <laughs> story number five: Wild Hearts will have a will have free post launch content and no microtransactions. It is claimed. This is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. EA and Koei Tecmo's monster hunting game Wild Hearts will have no microtransactions and free post launch content. It is claimed. The game's executive producer, Lewis Harvey, was taking part in a Reddit AMA session when he was asked what players could expect in terms of uh, in game monetization. Quote. All post-launch contents will be free, including new kimono uh, and more, he replied, adding, quote, we don't have any plans to feature microtransactions, end quote. Kimono are the game's large monsters, which players hunt either alone or with up to two other players in co-op. Elsewhere in the AMA, Harvey also stated that players wishing to play the game solo can do so completely offline, and that there is a post-campaign endgame with more powerful kimono, which will be expanded with the free content updates. Not all of Harvey's answers were positive, however, as uh, as well as confirming that there's no female-specific armor in the game at launch. He also noted that the game won't be supported on Steam Deck, uh, though he added, quote, hopefully we can get the, to this in the future, end quote. How fucking dare you, Wild Hearts developers, <laughs> not have this game running on Steam Deck at launch. No, I get it. It's difficult. Oh, I thought you were talking about the no-female-specific armor. Oh, me, that too. That too. Get on that also. <laughs> That's an important thing. Yeah. <laughs> but also make the game A little more important Deck. there, I would say. <laughs> but, you know, I also get the financial side of the Steam Deck thing being important for them too. Yeah. Um, I, I saw in the chat here. Oh, damn it. It went by. But uh, an important point. This is EA. No microtransactions. Yeah. We're, we've been talking a lot about EA, and I know it's a bummer day with them canceling a project we all wanted, but like EA's making. I think overall, moves. when you look at the top down view of the last few years of EA, they've been making good steps. And, I, and, and Wild Hearts is an EA original. We've been looking at EA originals a lot higher now. Yeah. It Takes Two was Game of the Year at the Game Awards, right? Like, uh, was the, the game before It Takes Two, A Way Out? Yeah, A Way Out. Really fun game. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're having more, more and more wins as Arnie. we go on. We just got Dead Space. Tangled. Was that what it, unraveled unraveled was, was that yeah. yeah that was yeah yeah 
but yeah, between that, between Dead Space coming out and being fantastic, um, Wild Hearts now coming out next month. And honestly, like Wild Hearts, I think could be either way. Like I could see people playing it and being like, oh man, the same Monster Hunter. But if this hits as a Monster Hunter competitor, I think that's gonna be big. And looking at the trailers for the game, I think the game looks really cool. I really want to check it out. I'm gonna check it out. Um, I'm pretty sold on, on 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 trying it. I think they might have something here. And and yeah, it's nice seeing that this game isn't gonna have uh, microtransactions and it's gonna have free content updates because. I think people would understand if they did have like DLC drops and shit, right? Like Monster Hunter had some break, and I guess this doesn't count out big DLC expansions, but you know, it's it's it's, it's really cool to see them get in front of it and go, "Hey, you're gonna get content. You're gonna get more monsters and, and shit for free." If you want to fight awesome. a robot bear, bless with mm-hmm. an umbrella, do I have the game for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can't wait for it. Story number six: We got PlayStation financial results. This is Marie Dale Asandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Sony has unveiled its financial results for the three months ended December 31st, 2022, which is, which is its Q3 for FY 2022. That's fiscal year. FY stands for fiscal year, everybody. Uh, with God of War Ragnarok driving a very strong quarter for, for PlayStation. Give me that look. You're just such a fuck. <laughs> Sony, a fuck Sony saw a healthy increase in sales compared to the same period in the year before, which attributed to its significant increases in its game and network services segment. For Q3, that segment saw its sales soar 53% compared to the previous year, which it attributed to increased hardware and first-party sales with God of War Ragnarok having launched within that period. Sony Santa Monica's title sold 11 million units on PS5 and 5.1 on PS4 uh, for a combined total of 16.1 million copies uh, shifted in total during the quarter. The game segment's uh, operating income was up 25% as well, though Sony noted an increase in costs, for, uh, for instance, associated with the acquisition of Bungie. 7.1 million PlayStation 5s were sold during the quarter, versus 3.9 million during Q2 FY21 and 3.3 million during Q2 FY22. Digital software also saw a healthy 34% increase year-on-year, while network services rose 19%. First-party sales were up uh, from 11.3 million units for the same quarter in 2021 to 20.8 million units in 2022. But when looking at combined software sales, first and third-party, the numbers are actually slightly down with 92.7 million units sold in 2021 versus 86.5 million in Q3 FY22. A lot of numbers here a lot of to numbers. take in. A lot of the- FYs. Are there any that, that really stand out to you? Because there's there's two for me that I. I think mean, are... I think the thing that stands out to me is the fact that God of War Ragnarok is carrying <laughs> this thing on his back, right? I think it's God of War Ragnarok plus the availability of PlayStation Fives that's really driving an increase in revenue. Um, but yeah, last quarter seems incredible for PlayStation, right? Like they doubled. It looks like they doubled compared to last quarter in terms of console sales. If I read that correctly, they're killing it. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of that is due to God of War Ragnarok. So due to God of War Ragnarok, a single player only game. Mm. Important to point out there, and granted, we're talking about one of the the biggest Sony developers ever, so it's like that's what they do. Um, but they do it to great results, both critically, both what we love to play, and the sales are here. I think it's really important to point out: eleven million units sold on PS Five, five point one million on PS Four. Mm. Does that surprise you? Because with all the talk that we've had the last couple of years of like you don't want to leave that user base out, you don't want to leave them out, and you don't, five point one million is wild that that number alone is going to yeah. be more than most games will ever sell and that's on last gen console for the for this I, game i don't know if the 16 million is correct um i think it's 11 million for both consoles for ps5 and ps4 yeah because uh, santa monica tweeted yesterday 
We're incredibly humbled that Ragnarok has officially sold through 11 million copies. Hmm. Do they say, do they qualify on PS5 or do they just say 11 they million? They said 11 million copies. So that tells me that that's, that's interesting. Total. Yeah. So I think there might have been a, um, a mistake on a games industry. Yeah. I, w- I do want those accurate numbers because I, mean, I yeah, look- that, that's a game changer. Because yeah, I was about to use that to make my argument from like, we were ta- I was talking to Greg yesterday, the thing that I've talked to you about, about what's the next fastest selling PlayStation game, right? And that's part of my argument is the fact that these PS4 units are still selling, uh, still selling a lot, right? If we're going by these numbers, which now we've got to double check, that's half of the units, uh, or not half, sorry, that's a third of copies sold on last gen hardware going into Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to be able to match that up without having that on previous gen hardware. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's going to sell hardware. Um, but just for the sake of the argument of like the fastest selling PlayStation game, God of War Ragnarok, I feel like might be there for a second. But we got to check up on these numbers to see if they're accurate. Because, yeah, I'm looking at the Sony Standard Market tweet, and it is, we're incredibly humbled that God of War Ragnarok has officially sold through 11 million copies. None of this will be possible without the support of our fans. And that was t- tweeted yesterday. I feel like if it was a total of 16, they would have said They would have said that. Yeah. yeah. But- this is it's weird the gamesindustry.biz would get that wrong. That seems like they're Yeah, I wonder if it says that in the actual um the PlayStation uh press release. If you have access to that press release, so you know where, where to get that. I don't, I don't I don't know where they would get that, but um that's yeah, that's really interesting. Because that must be from the press because I imagine gamesindustry.biz is copying and pasting from the from the press release. Uh and so that'd be really interesting if PlayStation says it this way and Sony and Santa Monica is only reporting the eleven million. I wonder if there's some weirdness or context we're missing there. But we can figure that out as we go. Story number seven, our second to last news story, because we have a breaking news story. Uh, Sony is testing Discord voice chat on PlayStation 5. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. A new PS5 system software beta has added Discord voice chat and variable refresh rate support for 1440p displays, among a a number of other upgrades. Announced on the PlayStation blog, the new system software is available for beta participants in the US, Canada, Japan, UK, Germany, and France. Its main feature is the addition of Discord voice chat, which allows cross-platform calls through the popular Discord system. Users will need to link their Discord and PlayStation network accounts to use the service and then begin a call on uh, the Discord mobile app uh, before transferring it to their console. It seems a little more fiddly than a standard PSN party, but will no doubt be very welcome to those who frequently play with friends who are on Xbox and PC. The other headline feature of the beta uh, update is uh, variable refresh rate, support for 1440p resolution displays. This allows smoother visual performance when using a VR-compatible HDMI 2.1 display, provided the game supports VRR. Uh, VRR can be enabled from your screen and video settings tim did you find anything on the place i'm numbers? not finding anything but right. like yeah you're wrong as if you have the actual yeah if you have some if you have some facts hit us up in kind of funny.com slash you're wrong sources please sources sources <laughs> yeah i think for this one we can use more than one source um uh, but yeah this the great updates here overall i would say uh, when it comes to the vrr stuff um i love all all that the 1440p support is fantastic for where we're at tech wise um the discord shit also very cool i'm gonna be completely honest we've used discord for years to record our work from home stuff and i just don't understand the power of discord i feel like people use discord for everything mm-hmm. whether it's video recording hanging out with friends talking to people playing games but i love it man shout out it's to great. discord for for doing the damn thing and working 
like working the way you'd expect it to. Um, so I like it being the standard. I love that Xbox has had it, and I love that PlayStation has it now. Now I can finally play uh, Fortnite with Joey and Kevin and not like have to set up my PS5 at my desk to jump into a Discord call. I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I love wear it. two headphones at the same time. That's what I do. I exactly. My, I put All my earbuds, stuff. and I put in my headphones over my earbuds. So this, I think it's great that they're they're doing this now. Um, and the, the more ubiquitous they can become, I think the better for the industry overall. Yeah. But there's one update here, Bless. Mm. That we didn't talk about in the news story, but I think is very important to bring mm-hmm. up because it makes me so happy. Barrett, can you please bring up the tweet from Imran the Don Con? I did not have the Don. Prepped, so oh, sorry, my bad. Give me a second. You're gonna have to give Barrett a second. As Barrett's pull, uh, pulling that up, I do want to shout out. I used Discord on Xbox for the first time last week because um, I was hanging out with a friend while uh, I was playing Hi Fi Rush. Uh, and let me tell you, mm-hmm. Discord integration is great. Like, once PlayStation gets this, I think it's going to be a, a game changer because it is nice to be like, hey, just join me on Discord. You're on PC. I'm on my Xbox, and we're just chilling. We're just chilling. We're just chilling. So this is the tweet. Imran writes uh, or, or highlights a bit of the, the blog post here. Wireless device update for DualSense wireless controller. You can now update the DualSense wireless controller device software with a wireless connection. If you have trouble updating the device software wirelessly, connect your controller to PS5 using the USB cable. Update it. You'll be able to update wirelessly for the next update. Thank God. This is going to save me two to three minutes a month. Okay? And I am so happy for it. This has been one of the most annoying things about the PlayStation 5 for me. Where I feel like the goddamn DualSense controller needs to update, like, constantly, Mm -hmm. it feels like. And it's, it's because you're not actually doing it. It's because you like let it. You're like, I'll do it next time, and then you boot it up. And you're like, I'll do it next it's time, and it's so two, two weeks of that pop up happening. Have to go you turn that get thing the on. fucking cable. You plug it in. It's a whole goddamn endeavor. Is it really that big of a deal? Not at all. But am I very thrilled about this? Yes, everybody. Yes. Thank you, Sony. Thank you for listening. We did it. Uh, final news story. Story number eight. This is breaking news for you. Uh, we got some Turtle Rock news. They put up a blog post today saying, greetings, cleaners. <laughs> Would you just call me Turtle Rock? Uh, greetings, cleaners. <laughs> what an amazing year uh, 2022 was for us. First off, we wanted to thank you all for making Back for Blood what it is today. With three expansions, Tunnels of Terror, Children of Worm, uh, and River of Blood, we've traveled on a fantastic adventure together beyond the walls of Fort Hope. Uh, This phase of our war against the Ridden now comes to a close. Turtle Rock Studios is actually pretty small for a studio making AAA games. We don't have quite enough folks to continue working on Back 4 Blood content while we spin up another game. Yes, another game. Given this, it's time for us to put our heads down and get back in the lab and get get to work on the next big thing. Intrepid cleaners, this is not a goodbye. Damn. And Back for Blood will continue to operate, of course. Uh, in fact, Back for Blood is currently offered on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium tiers and available as part of Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you'll also find us hanging out in the subreddit, the Discord, yada yada. Uh, while we may be a bit quieter in the short term, we promise that we'll be back bigger, bolder, and better than ever. With back much was love. Capitalized. Back was capitalized. Uh, ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, with much love and gratitude, Turtle Rock Studios. Bummer, man. But sometimes mm. this is what games are. Like the, you swing for it, you try to have it, you have your moment, and then you move on. And I think that we're going to continue to see this happen more and more commonly. Yeah, it's like Tony Stark said: part of the journey is the end. I love and you, three thousand. I love you, three thousand. Uh, great work, Turtle Rock. Uh, Back for Blood. It's cool. I didn't play enough of it. If I'm being honest, I'm probably this goes back to what we've been saying all week. I'm part of the problem here, where I didn't play enough uh, Back for Blood. Um, but I am excited to see what they do next. I hope they. I hope they continue to do like 
different kinds of multiplayer games that like we don't get enough of nowadays that people do love right like because turtle rock they did was they were they evolve did they do evolve mm-hmm. and evolve of course like wasn't really a hit but i think evolve helped spawn a lot of those 4v1 stuff that greg really likes right like i think evolve can probably be credited for all the um uh Ilphonic. Ilphonic, thank you all the Ilphonic uh uh games which you know now um you know have a place and games like dead by daylight and stuff um so yeah shout out to that and yeah shout out to back for blood right a game that really tried to bring back left for dead in an interesting and different way with the card system and stuff mm-hmm. good on you turtle rock tim yes i can't wait to see what turtle rock's next game is but the, the announcement and release of that game is just so far away mm-hmm. if i want to know what's coming out to mom grab shops today where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show. Yeah. yeah. Out today, we got Chef Life, a restaurant simulator for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Deliver Us Mars for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Life is Strange 2 for Switch. Tales, the Backbone Preludes for PC. The Pathless for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch. Check out the Pathless. I really love that game. Fashion Police Squad for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and Switch. Perish for PC. Drain Us for PC. Crypto Mining Simulator for Switch. Cuddly Force Crypto Friends. Crypto Mining Simulator. Crypto. Do you think, like, I certainly think it's, it's parody. What it is. I gotta look it Certainly up. it's parody. It it's, must it's be. It's gotta be making be fun parody. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, oh boy. Cuddly Force Friends for Switch. Delirium for PS4. Doggy Rye for Xbox One and Xbox Series X. And I think I've seen screenshots of Doggy Rye in that game looks cool is that a that might be a devolver joint if i remember correctly it's like a it's like a, a samurai tim but you're a dog shut the fuck up yeah yeah so this is crypto mining sim you're in a oh my god jesus i fucking hate this so much oh no i don't think this is parody <laughs> i think this is genuine you're just going through all your different servers making sure they're uh doing their thing all right let's uh wash our our freaking brains out with some doggy rye, yeah pull please. up doggy rye i don't know if i'm if well, i'm how messing do I with spell that. that how do i spell that uh d-o-g mix dog with samurai yeah okay d-o-g-u-r-a-i no that was a perfect way to do it uh let's see okay so this is doggy rye i might have just made up um whatchamacallit devolver being involved with this but it looks like a game boy game oh fuck yeah it's a game boy game oh my god Wait, where is it playable? Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Fuck. I wish this was on the analog pocket. I, would I mean, I would be surprised if it isn't, right? Hold on. Oh, my God. It's like a Mega Man game. No, it's not. It's on. Oh, yeah. my God. The dog you ride is on a motorcycle. This looks pretty cool. Right, I, lo- I love when devs do stuff like that. Yeah. I, I am surprised that there. I can't find anything about a Game Boy, like, um, like a ROM. Uh, for the game usually you'd see stuff like that maybe it's a collector's edition thing but i'm not finding anything but yeah good on you uh developers for making doggy ride this looks really cool yep and then heaven dust collection is out today for switch jumbo airport story for switch monster girls and the mysterious adventure 2 for switch and then volcano princess for pc uh new days for you amnesia the bunker has been delayed to may 16 2023 pronti hits nintendo switch on march 7th and then you got some games leaving game pass on february 15th uh recompile skull the hero slayer the last kids on earth crossfire x operation catalyst besiege console edition and infranix infranax all oh, leaving game pass play in for that that left yesterday is that what you said that's leaving february 15th so you oh, got two weeks play infranax infranax is cool that's the uh castlevania looking game right and you, you, like, you make choices uh, along the way that gets you into uh, secret boss fights and stuff like that. It's really cool. Kevin and I played it at uh, 
GDC last year. I forget. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know exactly where you played this. Yeah, uh, I think that was GDC. Deals of the day for you: Chainsaw Man season one is four dollars and ninety nine cents on Amazon Video. That is not a video game; <laughs> it is an anime. <laughs> but uh, I've heard good things about Chainsaw Man, so this is really a deal of the day for me because I got to check out. If you want to check out a review, you can check out the first episode of Kind of Anime that uh, went up a few weeks ago, where Mike and I talked about it. Yeah. Thanks to your support, patreon.com slash kind of funny. We got to do the show kind of anime and it's free for everybody now. Woo! So thanks to the people with, with paying the money, the people without the money get the stuff for cool for free. It's a watch of good Hey man. <laughs> hey man. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Read right in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube, listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Linky Dragoon writes in and says, when talking about Grub's previous rumors, Tim said Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess could be coming to Switch. Skyward Sword is on Switch. Wind Waker HD is the port that is rumored alongside that. You're right. You're right. I told myself I was going to play Skyward Sword. Never did. Never did. I told because myself not, that it's it, not it's, a bad port. It's not. It's not. I told myself that it's all the it, best like, way to play that game ever. And it was just it was just a time and commitment thing for me where I was like, all I need is for them to remove the motion controls. I'll play that game. And then they did it. And I was like, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I lied. I lied. I'm sorry, Nintendo. I lied. Uh, Nano, Nano says Wolfstein 2 sold 1.13 million units as of 2019. Charles Jacobson says Miss News Redfall will require an online connection even in the single player. Um, I appreciate that. I did see that. I did include it because we've had some um, full news days. But sure, let's keep us honest. Keep us, keep us, keep us honest here. And that's it. Recountofunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Day are going to be Tim and me. That's wow. right. We're back at it like I a bad habit. habit. If you're watching this live right now after this is Dead Space with Andy, Nick, and Greg. I don't think Greg's on that. I'm going to say Dead Space with Andy and Nick. If you want to catch that stream I later. Greg's hanging out for a little bit. Is he? I think okay. so. Because I think I, think I heard him come in the office like this morning and was like, hey, man, my name's on the thing. I don't hey, know man. if I'm on the thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, hey, my, that's my Michael Sarah as Greg Miller. We need a Hey Man shirt. <laughs> we <do. laughs> and we also need a Games Daily back at it like a bad habit shirt. Oh, 1,000%. Like, I don't know how it would look, but it'd be cool. Okay. Joey Noel, get on it. Is she in charge of that? I don't know people's <laughs> positions at this job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Things change and shift. Things do change. They uh, shift. Well, there you go. That's been Kind of Funny Games Daily, of course. Uh, each and every weekday, live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>